This is a marketing communication. Please refer to the key information document or KID before making any final investment decisions. Investing involves risk. The value of an investment and the income from it may fall as well as rise and investors might not get back the full amount invested. Past performance does not predict future returns. The mention of any particular security or strategy should not be considered as a recommendation. For further information on the Merchants Trust, please go to www.merchantstrust.co.uk. Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. In each podcast, Simon Gurgle, Fund Manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. Simon, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Good to see you. Well, it's good to have you back in the studio. Um, now, the housing market has long been seen as a key bellwether of the overall state of the UK market. But the recent squeeze on the cost of living, namely rising prices, which have in turn driven interest rates higher, has been keenly felt across the housing market. So as we approach the midpoint of the year, what can we expect for 2023? Simon, what's your outlook for the UK housing market? Well, like many things we look at, it's actually easier to have a view in the medium to long term than it is in the short term. Short term, there are a lot of uncertainties. As you say, the cost of living has has, has gone up. Interest rates are moving around. Mortgage rates are moving around. In the medium to long term, though, what we know about the UK is we have a large population and a shortage of housing and limited supply coming on. And if anything, the planning rules are getting tighter and tighter. So I think companies that are able to build homes are going to find demand for that. And the cost of rent is going up as well. So the demand for housing should go up. Um, Wages are rising. So whilst in the short term, house prices may fall and may continue to go down, as they have been, um, and people might struggle to, to afford that, in the medium to long term, I think the housing market looks pretty well underpinned. And as an investor, the opportunity to buy into companies making houses, building houses, I think is quite attractive because it's a it's an it's a consolidated market. There aren't that many players. They're able to make good returns, good margins, good profit, good uh, return on capital, um, and the demand is very strong and the supply is limited. So it's it's the big picture here, isn't it? It's seeing beyond current, albeit very stark short term issues and looking at the, the, the bigger picture, what the what the UK really presents when it comes to uh, housing. And as you say, there are there are constant themes there which aren't aren't going to change in the medium long term. No, and that's the theme we see in a lot in the stock market is that often the short term could be uncertain in an area an area and that often gives you an opportunity as investors because very often the stock market punishes those type of companies or doesn't, you know, the valuations of companies in areas exposed to short-term risks can be below where they should be on a long-term basis. So we see at the moment a good opportunity in the house building sector because valuations of, of companies are under pressure and because people are concerned naturally about the issues you're talking about. But actually on a three to five year view into the future, we see a very robust demand for housing limited supply, which should support profits of the companies. And there are a number of you know, prominent house builders on the UK market, businesses that have been going for a long time, recognisable names for many people. Are they businesses that, in your view, are currently undervalued and offer an opportunity? Well, we are finding opportunities, particularly in the medium-sized companies where, where they've got stronger growth, because many of the very large ones aren't really growing very fast. There's a, there's a limit, actually, practically, to how many homes you can build as a company in a year. It's difficult to go above a certain level. But the medium-sized house builders can offer quite good growth. And that 
often isn't priced in by the stock market. Is that, is that the higher end of the market as well? If you're a medium-sized business, maybe fewer buildings that you're actually constructing, are they? do they tend to be more at the top end of the market? It doesn't have to be. I mean, we own Red Row, which happens to have a much higher price point than the average and, and, and has a more differentiated customer base. But uh, Bellway is another house builder we own, which is more mass market, actually, probably, probably pretty average in terms of that, uh, cost per home. And there is some speculation about another help to buy scheme. Now, first off, do you think this will happen, Simon? And if it does, what impact would it have? Yeah, well, I'm probably not going to be drawn on do I think it's actually going to happen because it's a political question. I think what you are hearing is a lot more commentary, both from the Conservative Party and indeed from Labour, who may well form the next government, as to what they can do to stimulate the housing market and, and help to buy might be part of the solution. I mean, the fundamental problem is we're not building enough houses and actually planning is a, is a deeper long-term problem. But certainly in the short to medium term, the help to buy can allow people who maybe can afford the cost of the mortgage each month but can't get the deposit, can't get, can't actually afford to get a mortgage going, it can help them onto the property market uh, rather than just having to rent. So the help-to-buy schemes can be quite important to the house builders, um, but they don't solve the fundamental long-term problem of not building enough homes. And planning, as you say, is a perennial problem. It has been for many governments that have in the past tried to push a little harder in this space. Each and every time it seems, though, they aren't successful. Again, we're you know in a position where perhaps the planning regulations aren't going to change as drastically as was originally promised. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel there? I think ultimately there has to be. But I think it's one area actually where you might see more change under a Labour government than you would do under Conservatives. I think it's a lot of the traditional Conservative voters often are more likely to own their own homes, more likely to not want to have developments in their back garden or behind their back garden. We wouldn't call them NIMBYs here, would we? We wouldn't so. call them NIMBYs. But uh, whereas the uh, younger generation, uh, maybe more of the left-leaning um, population, might be less concerned about that type of issue. So Labour could actually potentially uh, loosen the planning rules in a way that Conservatives find quite difficult. Yeah, uh, still that would be for a couple of years at least. So the current circumstances are going to remain the same. The medium to long-term outlook remains the same. Yeah, you can't change anything in the short term. And if anything, the the environmental regulations are getting tougher and tougher on house building, making it even more difficult to launch a new house builder and to to get homes off off the ground. So the challenges in the short term on supply are are going to be quite quite acute. Okay. Now, we've been focusing on house builders here, but how else do you look at this particular segment, themes that come up in this segment? Yeah, it's quite a broad theme because shortage of infrastructure of investment is is quite a, a theme we're seeing not just in the UK but in America and elsewhere in the world and we're, we've got companies that can exploit that exposed to that so we've got companies not only that build houses we've got companies that make products that go into houses like bathroom products or doors and window components but also we've got companies exposed to the infrastructure like CRH which is a big aggregates and cement company builds a lot, you know, maintains a lot of roads in America we've got companies like Keller which does a lot of piling and ground engineering in America, in, in, in the Middle East and, and elsewhere in the world. So there are quite a lot of different businesses that ex- get, give you exposure as an investor to not just the housing market and not just the UK, but to broader the broad infrastructure investment area theme, if you like. And, and I think that, that's interesting. And, and in general, that area of the market is somewhat out of favour with investors and therefore there can be opportunities. And turning more broadly to the portfolio, um, you've mentioned a couple of areas already, a couple of businesses already, but where do you see other current best opportunities, in particular for the value investor? 
Well, as a value investor, you're almost spoilt for choice at the moment in the UK because firstly, the, the overall stock market in the UK is quite modestly priced. But even within that, there's a huge spread of valuation. So many sectors have companies offering good value. We, we see a lot of value in the insurance area, both motor insurance, but also the reinsurance sector. We've got, a, uh, we've got some exposures at some of the big European uh, reinsurance companies and, and actually some UK ones. What's driving that out of interest, the insurance side? You're seeing massive rise in the uh, in premiums because there have been a lot of natural catastrophes, for example. Well, there's two things. In, in, the, in the motor side, you've seen the cost of claims go up dramatically as car values have gone up, as uh, when people have an accident, it, it's costing more to, to get them a replacement car or to mend the car they've got. Labor costs have gone up and so on. So because of that inflation in costs, the, the insurers are pushing through big price rises and they've had a bad year or two in terms of profitability. So that's a typical cycle. And on the catastrophe side, we've seen a lot of quite expensive natural catastrophes, particularly in America. Um, and so the insurance industry hasn't been making good returns. And consequently, they've now pushed prices up quite dramatically. And we see a, a period of better returns coming through. So it's a normal cycle you get in insurance. The thing we like about it is it's not really correlated to the economy. It's not really re- correlated to other parts of the stock market or other, other sectors. And we quite like uncorrelated risks because as an investor, you, you can get a good risk return trade-off, but you don't want all these things to go wrong at the same time. So insurance is certainly one area to keep an eye on. Yes, and there's other areas. Energy is an area where you know, oil and gas prices have come back from where they were a year ago, but the companies are making very good profits and, and valuations still look pretty modest. Uh, we're seeing some of the other consumer areas, many of the financial areas, not just banks, but uh, I touched on insurance, but some of the other specialist financial areas as well. So there's really a lot of different sectors where we're finding opportunities today. Okay. Well, Simon, I'm afraid you're out of time, but thank you very much indeed for sharing your thoughts. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. You can find out more about the Merchants Trust and read and watch Simon's latest investor notes by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, from all of us at the Merchants Trust, it's goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.